Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome to our online service. It's good to be together again. I hope that you've been enjoying yourself in the comment section for the last few minutes, getting to catch up with one another and connect. It's a strange time to be doing church online, uh, but what a beautiful gift that we have in this digital age to do so. So we're trying out this new platform that you're on right now in which we're using to stream church. Uh, the services will be available after they're streamed live, but for this time we get to be together at the same time uh, wherever we're watching from, so welcome. Uh, we've got an amazing service ahead of us. We've got John Horsfall preaching and worship, but before that I just want to share a couple announcements and let you know that at the end of the service we're going to be sharing communion with one another. So at some point during the service, why don't you go to your cupboards and uh, pour out some wine, get some bread. If you don't have that, orange juice, water, milk, whatever you've got in your cupboards works absolutely fine, but we'll share a short communion service um, at the end of our time together. So one thing I wanna remind you all about is the eShots. Each week we send out emails to the whole church family uh, letting you know about news updates and points of uh, connection. Now these emails are sometimes quite long. We put a lot of information in there, so please do check your emails for the eShots that are coming from the leadership team of the church. If you don't get an email, just go to your life group leader and just connect with them, ask them about that. Um, there's still a great opportunity right now to sign up to life groups. You can do that through our, through our website, lifechurchbath.com. There's a link somewhere around me outside of the screen that I'm in, where you can go to the website and sign up to life groups. Now more than ever, it is so important that we're connected. We might not be able to gather physically, but we don't need to be isolated. We can still be connected and growing with one another in community. It's so beautiful how people are doing that at the moment through FaceTime and through all the different opportunities that we have. Um, to connect, which actually brings me on to my next point. Uh, this week, the, the government have outlaid just clearer and stronger restrictions in how we do life at the moment. Uh, uh, it's three simple steps, which is stay at home, uh, protect the NHS, and save lives. And so we are wanting to really encourage, challenge, and call everyone in the church to adhere and obey those three instructions. It's so important. However you're feeling uh, physically, we're, we're taking measures to protect our incredible health service, which are so strained at the moment, doing everything that they can to protect those in need, those who are vulnerable, not just with the virus, but with pre-existing conditions. So it's so important that we stay at home. It's so important um, that we do everything that we can to uphold these measures. It's not easy and the consequences are painful. These are just such unique times we're living in. It'd be so wonderful if we could just go around to one another's houses and hang out and be in contact and relate to one another as we normally do, but we just can't. And so we have to be creative and we have to think of different ways to connect with one another. Like I said, use the technology. Get on FaceTime or Zoom or if you're on Android, WhatsApp, whatever you're doing, however you do it and connect, call people. I've chatted this week with family members and friends that I have should, should have been in touch with long ago. For some reason, this moment has brought together a, um, a disconnected society in a really interesting way. So please make sure you do that. Stay connected, stay at home, protect the NHS, and save lives. Uh, the third thing I wanted to mention to you this morning was about uh, our finances. Uh, thanks be to God and the generosity of our community, but our finances 
are in, a, are in a really good place at the moment. Nigel and Simon have recorded a video which has gone out through the eShop, uh, where you can hear more about how the finances are and where, where we're going. Um, but I wanted to update you on that and let you know that you can still give online. The online mechanisms that you've been using up until now are still working and in process. And we're working out a way that you can give actually during this service online. And so we'll keep you updated. We're also, as a leadership, exploring how we can create a hardship fund for people in our family, in our church that are struggling financially because of everything that's happened. It's real and uh, we, we've got to think of new ways in which we can help and serve one another. And finally, I just want to call everyone to pray. And I'm sure this is something you guys are doing regularly throughout the week, but we must pray. Uh, the question now isn't um, why pray, the question is how. Jesus taught us how to pray. And so there's almost a sense in which we should be asking God, God, how should I pray in these times? It's definitely a question for me. When Jesus was asked, how do we pray? He answered, pray like this, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we must pray, we must pray for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our nation, for our government. We must pray for the NHS, for the nurses and the doctors and the midwives working tirelessly, tirelessly throughout the days and the nights. We must pray. And at the end of the service, we're gonna spend some time in communion, breaking bread and um, wine together. And in doing so, we'll pray together. We'll pray that this virus ends. We'll, we'll speak a blessing over our nation and a blessing over all that are uh, affected by what's happening right now. I wanna just pray uh, a psalm as we go into a time of worship, which I'm really excited about. I thought last week was very special and um, this week will be equally special. We're spending time in worship each week, singing original songs uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, but, but mainly because we have incredible songs from our house written by the worshipers in this house. So we're using this as a time to gather online and actually sing the songs that are organic and true to our house, which is amazing. And then John's got a message, and I'll just say this, I've heard it and it's a fantastic message. John recorded the message before the lockdown happened, so you might be aware of a few things he says that aren't completely applicable to this moment as they were a few week, weeks ago, but the, um, the truth and the biblical exposition and revelation that he outlays is just brilliant for this time. So I'm gonna read from Psalm 34. You can just posture your heart, ready for a time of worship, and then we'll get going. Psalm 34 says this, I live and I breathe, God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be joyful. Join me in spreading the news and together let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway and he freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him, give him your warmest smile and never hide your feelings from him. For when I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. So open your mouth and taste, open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship God, doors, open the doors to all of his goodness. Worship God if you want the best, for worship opens the doors to all of God's goodness. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for this opportunity to worship. And as we do so, may we be changed and transformed in your name, Jesus. Amen. You are my strength when I am weary You are my hope 
If my life seems to fade You are my peace if I am restless Jesus, I, I depend on you Oh, Jesus, I, Jesus, I, I depend on you When I am weary You are my hope If my light seems to fade You are my peace If I am restless Jesus, I, I depend on you Oh, Jesus, I, Jesus, I I depend on you Cause I know who I am Jesus, you are everything I need. I can 
strength that carries me. Jesus, I, I belong to you.
What's up, Life Church? It's so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for letting me come into your home, uh, attic, crawl space, bunker, wherever you guys are watching this message. It's so nice to be with you this morning. I have actually never done a televised service before, so we are going to find out if I can do these. So I don't know. Give me feedback. I guess we can write on Facebook comments and everything. But um, this morning or evening, or day, whatever whatever time you are watching, it is so good to be here. Um, I have a message uh, that I want to share with you that uh, the Lord has really put on my heart. Um, it's uh, fresh. I have never actually preached this before, but I, I think just the timing of everything that's going on right now, I'm really excited to uh, share it with you. But I've got an activity that I need uh, everyone in the room to do. You're going to need a pen and a paper. Parents with any kids, this is the time uh, to get the colouring pens out because I want you, as I'm speaking, to draw a picture of a house. Now, this is my house. This is what I've drawn. Um, and this is r- roughly the size of my house. And this right here is my hot tub, which I thought was really relevant. Um, just to make the, um, uh, the English people realise that I, we lived in America and this is every house has a hot tub. Not a bath, a hot tub. So this is my house. So it, while I'm speaking, uh, kids, get the pens out, have fun, build a house, build your house, and then I'm gonna talk about it at the very end. And, and you'll understand why as I keep going. But I just wanna start by saying that this is an amazing opportunity that we have as the body of Christ. That this is an exciting day ahead to take the light of the world, which you carry into your homes, streets, neighborhoods, cities, and nations. That this is affecting all of us and it is so good what God is doing. When structures start to shake, that's when you find out the foundation that it was built upon. And, and Jesus promised us in Matthew 7, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock and then everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I don't know about you, but I have seen a lot of shaking, a lot of trembling, and do you know what? The structure that everything has been supported on is being revealed right now. And I wanna say that this is the time that the structure and foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ is being revealed. It's when, it is when people are the most scared and fearful is actually when Jesus shines the brightest and he uses you to reveal it to the world. Amen? I want, I want to give you um, something that happened to me last uh, Friday. I was cycling, um, spending time with the Lord, and I was um, cycling along uh, the two tunnels, which is like Linear Park. And um, as I was cycling home, I felt like the Lord told me to, to go knock on my neighbours, on my both sides of the house of where I live, the neighbours' doors. So I went and knocked on my first neighbour's door and just introduced myself again. And uh, we'd only recently been there, uh, living there uh, not too long. So still learning people's names and introducing ourselves. But I uh, knocked on the door and just introduced myself again and just said, look, I just want you to know that we take me and Ruth, we take neighboring very seriously and we want to be here for you. So if you need anything, um, if, you're, if you're concerned about anything, whatever it is, big or small, we're here. And uh, our neighbors, to, uh, neighbors were so kind, they were so ha- happy, just so thankful for the connection. And uh, I went on from there and I went over to my next neighbor 
and uh, knocked on the door. Um, and, and I know these guys a little bit more and uh, said hello and just said, look, I, I know what's going on right now. It's uh, very strange what's going on, but I just want you to know um, that I take neighboring very seriously. And uh, if you uh, need help for anything, we're here. We'll do whatever you want. And within a couple seconds of saying what I said, my neighbor just began to cry. She began to weep. And um, it was quite, it, it, it was a somber moment because I think I knew what I was doing. I think I just didn't realize the effect of what this situation is having on certain people. And my neighbor was just expressing, she, she just said, look, I am terrified to leave the house. I'm terrified to go outside. I don't know what to do. All I'm doing is watching the news all the time. And she was just beginning to weep. And so I just, I just think I did, I didn't really expect this was gonna happen. So I just went into the first thing that I felt the Lord tell me. And I just said to my neighbor, John 10, 10, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus has come to bring life and life to the full. And I, I just began to explain to her that fear is a liar and that you do not need to be afraid in your own home. And I did probably the worst thing possible because then I said, can I lay hands on you and pray for you? And she was like, no. So I was like, okay, I won't lay hands on you. But what I will do is I will pray for you as you're opening your door and I am gonna bless your household. I'm gonna pray for you. And so I stood there and I just said, I bless you, I bless your husband, I bless your house and your entire household. And, I, and, and ever since then, we've been checking in regularly, just blessing her, you know, just uh, giving good news and just being friends, just, just being there, being, a, being an ear to listen to. And, and I just think, guys, this is the opportunity that we have. You don't need to go to Bible school for that one. You, you don't need to be told to do that. We are all responsible for our neighbours. That is what Jesus told us to do. And I think this is, this is it. This is the time to start being the church. You know, I, I, I would say that where you are right now, your home, you've got, you're on a street. And there are some people on your street that are never gonna walk into our building. They're never gonna walk into the church down the road. They're never gonna go to a conference. They're not gonna see someone get baptized. They're not gonna see a healing in a meeting or, 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 or experience the, the fellowship and the love that we get to do on a weekly day-to-day -day basis. But what they are gonna do is they're gonna see you. You are gonna take the kingdom to them. You are gonna do this. And, and I just think this is how, how this situation is forcing us as a church to wake up and be who Jesus called us to be. You know, I love this quote um, from John Maxwell. It says, the leader's voice needs to be different from the crowd. And if, if we as a church are saying the same thing that the crowd is saying, we are not leading. We are not standing up in our authority that Jesus Christ has given us. That the gates of Hades will not prevail and that we need to take authority and say, there is hope. His name is Jesus and I will show you to him. We have to do this, guys. This is so exciting. You know, history will tell us from this moment that we won't remember the negative words, the fearful messages, the conspiracy theories, the noise of panic. What people are going to remember is the acts of kindness that would hit them in the face during this time. It is going to be the interactions that you're having with your neighbours, with your family members right now. 
wherever you are, this is the opportunity. What are you saying? Are you following the same noise as the crowd or are you speaking from what heaven is saying? Roman, Romans 2.4 says God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Think of the wave of kindness that can be released in this time right now. Think of the kind things you can do to your neighbours and loved ones. Whether it's not just even knocking on their door, but it's social media, writing letters that Tim Wood told us to do when he spoke. There are so many things that we can do. We just need to ask him, Lord, what can I do for you? How can you best use me in this time? This, this, is, it, this is an exciting time. But I, wanna, I want us to quickly just go back to this picture of home, the home that I've asked you to, to, uh, to uh, draw. And I want you to turn to 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6. I'm just going to give you some time as you're rustling, trying to find the Bible. But I'll give you some context of where, where I'm talking from in 2 Samuel 6. David has just been made king over all of Israel. And, and, and as you know, have you ever heard this? The first hundred days of a president are the most important. The first hundred days of a prime minister. The things that when someone is put into a leadership position, what they choose to do for the first hundred days is so interesting. And what does he do first? David goes after the Philistines. He wipes them all out. And then he asks to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city center, into Jerusalem which had never been done before. What was the Ark of the Covenant, you say? It was a symbol of God's covenant with his people. See, the Israelites would use this covenant to win battles if they took it in with them. It was a place that God's spirit dwelled inside. If you touched it, you would die. It was sacred. And you might ask if you, uh, the, the, the theologians in the house right now will, will say, if I asked you what was inside the Ark of the Covenant, I should hear three things come out from your mouth. Three things, which, were the, which was the golden pot, which manna was stored. So in Exodus, when Moses, when God fed the Israelites through manna, um, so there was a pot of manna inside the Ark of the Covenant. The second was Aaron's rod that had budded, which is an amazing story about life and leadership. And then the second, the third one is the, the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone. And in this chest, this chest of God was the spirit of God, his presence. And David wanted to bring that into the center of everything that he was doing. And so we're going to pick up in 2 Samuel 6. I'm going to read to you. This is just as he has defeated the Philistines. This is what David begins to do. Now, before I read you this, I'll tell you why I'm telling you this. Think about your home. I want you to be thinking about where you're listening to this message, where you are dwelling, where you are sleeping, where God has put you in this moment right now. This message is for you. Second Samuel 6, I'm going to read it to you. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up there the Ark of God, which is called by the name of God, Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. And Uzar and Io, the sons of Adibadad, were driving the new cart with the Ark of God and Ahio went before the Ark. 
verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs, with lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals. And when they came to the fleshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the ox had stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah and God struck him down there because of his error and he died there before the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah and that place and that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? I'm going to pause. This, this message right now, I've just gone through quite quickly, is a message in itself. But this is a picture, church, of when man gets in the way of what God is trying to do. This is what happens when if God is on the move and man puts his hand on it and tries to touch it, he dies. This is an image of the, what God is about to do, no man can touch. What God is about to do in this time, no man can stop. And I want you to recognize that as soon as David realized, because he said David, here it says that David stopped and he didn't know what to do. This is a bit of a revelation for David because he was so afraid of God at that point that it made him stop. And and we know in the scriptures it says it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I, I want to notice that I think David is having the actual experience of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because what David does next is really key. Are you ready for this? You're going to love this. Verse 10. So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of... Now listen, I'm about to read his name, but I have said it wrong so many times. So... My phone is over here. I'm actually going to get the right word because Nigel helped me. He gave it to me about five times and I still said it wrong. So for clarity's sake, I'm going to say this right. Obed, Edom, the Gittite. Is that right? Is that right, Nigel? Okay. Obed, Edom, the Gittite. So let me read it again. Verse 10. So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the inside the house of Obed, Edom, the Gittite. Did you read that? This is God's presence, the chest of God, moving from off the road and being put into someone's house. I don't, I don't know about you, but could you imagine if I said to you in 20 minutes time, there is a royal gold chest about to come to your house. You have 20 minutes to remove whatever you can to make room for it. It's going to be in your living room. What would you throw out of your house? Look, not, forget about it even being a gold box. The fact that God's presence was going to come and dwell in your entire house. What would you do? How would you get ready? The presence of God coming. And then let's read on. Verse 11. And the ark of God remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. You hear that? The entire house 
was blessed because the presence of God was put inside the home. I just think that is an incredible picture of where we are today. Is the presence of the Lord in your home this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whatever time you are watching? Verse 12, and it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obedidom and all the things that belong to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom to the city of David with rejoicing. Now that is what I want to talk about really quickly with you. We're entering into a season right now where we're in our homes for most of the day. And I want to suggest to you that this is an opportunity for the people of God to welcome the presence of God into your house today and for it not to leave, for it to stay in your house so that the noise that David heard, the rumors that he was hearing, David left the Ark of the Covenant in, in Obedidom's house and went away. And it was the rumors, the word of mouth. They didn't have Twitter back then. It was all through camels. But you've got to recognize that the noise of the blessing of God was in a home and the home was being blessed so much that it traveled all the way to the kingdom, into David's house. And it was when David heard of the blessing that was going on in the house that David said, now I'm ready to bring the presence of the Lord back into the city. I want to suggest, I want to suggest to us that we are in a season where it is not about what's going on outside of our home. Right now, it's about what is God doing in your home right now? He only needs you to say, come Lord. He only needs you to welcome into your house and he will start training you, discipling you. Parents, you've got kids that are now with you 24 seven. How's that? How are you coping? But I wanna suggest that parents you have this time in 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 our lives we all know this is a unique situation and we are going to talk about this for generations to come this is a once in a generation time it is so exciting but let me let me suggest this can we make this opportunity that we have in our homes for our children to be a time where they encounter not only the presence of God, but they are discipled in a way that when they leave here and they go back to school, they don't go to school, they're deployed. They are sent to school with a deeper relationship with the Lord. That, and moving away from kids, we all are. We're all, we all have time now to read that book that we know that we need to. We all have time to pray. We can't blame the commute to work anymore. We, we, the commute is from your bedroom to the kitchen. You can do this. Like you, We can set up things that we are doing in our houses that we would never do. Because when we look back, I, want, I personally want to look back and say that the time that God gave us in our home we used every opportunity to build the presence of God. Because what I want to tell you is this, we aren't staying in our homes forever. We, this time, I believe using this story, it's a picture, it's a picture that we can take, that we are gonna, we are gonna 
get so close to the Lord in our homes that there will become a time where the Lord will say, my people are now ready to come back into the city. My people have heard my voice. They found me around the table. They found me in the garden. They found me in the morning coffees. Whatever ritual, rituals that you're doing, guys, whatever you are doing in your house, I want you to realize that you are in a holy place, that God wants to meet you where you are. He wants to use this time as to be the God in the center of your family, to be the one voice that everyone, everyone is in the presence of the Lord in your home. God, if, if you are alone, if you don't have anybody in your house that you can do this with, I want to encourage you to reach out to people, to phone. If you are hearing this and you know that there are people alone, I want you to set up a call. Call them daily. What are you reading? What is God speaking to you about? Listen to this song. I want you to imagine that there is a church service. Church is the worst word to give because it, it's too big for God. The word is too small. But what God is doing in your home, guys, it is so important. This is a time where we're going to look back and we're going to say that God taught us things in our home that he couldn't have done in an hour and a half on a Sunday. I mean, to think, I mean, I'm going to be a bit controversial here, but I'll tell you one thing that is going to die from this. It's the idol of a Sunday morning. It's the idol of a Sunday morning where I can rock up, I can be fed something and I can leave. You have now been deployed. You are in full-time ministry in your home. Your neighbors, they need, your windows need to be open so that they can hear the laughter, the smell of great food, the, the, the fellowship and the love of Christ, that the world will know that who we really are by the way that we love each other. This is it. I stay where I ask if I got. You, if, 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 if you're looking for practicals, I, I, I would say that we, we all need to encourage each, each other in this moment to say, what are you doing to bring God into the house? The, the easy things are putting on worship music, reading, doing Bible studies, but why not, why not do Bible studies together? Why not, what, what are we praying for hourly, every minute? What, what are the things that we're exciting about? Because God met this family at home first. And I want you to see that it was after the home was touched, he then moved the Ark of the Covenant and then a whole nation was touched. This is why this is so exciting. Who's in? Who's in? I know I am. All right. So going back to our activity, what I've done is I've asked you to draw a picture of your home. And what I want you to do is on the top of your picture, I want you to write what kind of house ought we to be? This is the series that we're doing. The series that we're doing for a, a video series is in light of these things, in light of these things right now, what kind of a people ought we to be church? And I want to suggest for us, to, for you, after this message to put on some music, put the coffee on and sit around and talk amongst you with your children, get on the phone, get on Zoom, however you're communicating and start asking the Lord, what is my house to be in this time? Lord, what do you want us to be for our street, for our neighborhood and for our city? Because he's gonna start telling you things that are gonna start going on in this house and it's gonna grow like a seed, it's gonna grow. But when we are ready, when God is ready, I'm going to tell you this, 
we are going to have a worship service the first Sunday that we come back together. And I, and I just am excited because I know that we are all going to be bringing testimonies. We're going to come back stronger because the Lord has met us in our home and now he's ready to meet us in the city. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for uh, letting me speak into your house. It's a pleasure to be with you. Send us uh, photographs, put these online, send us, encourage one another. What is the Lord asking your house to be right now? Let's start encouraging one another. Lord, guys, we love you, bless you, and may his face shine upon you. Love you, bye. Hey, Jonathan, thank you very much, brother. That was amazing, beautiful, encouraging, inspiring, and challenging. What an amazing question to reflect upon. What do we want our house to look like? What do we want our house to be in this time as places that practice and host the presence of God? So make sure you do that. Make sure you send in the pictures uh, that you created or, or the descriptions of the houses that you have defined throughout that time. And in the coming week, make sure you share that. If you want to put it on, on socials, do so. Just tag Life Church Bath in there. Or you can send it uh, to the elders, um, elders at lifechurchbath.com and uh, we can circulate that, but that will encourage us all. The other thing that you can do this week, just to keep connection amongst us, is we're wanting to collect um, the beautiful moments of our lives, of our days, of our weeks, that we're just getting on with as families and as individuals. So, could you do this? Could you take some photos or some videos of life at home? And to you, it might be something very mundane. It might be making breakfast in the morning, it might be playing with the kids, but would you just capture it for us? And what we want to do is just bring in all these different pieces that might just make a stunning mosaic of the Life Church Bar family throughout this time. And we're gonna share, with your permission, share uh, snippets of that in our online service, just so we can feel that bit more connected. What we're trying to do here is church online, and church, by definition, is people. So we don't wanna just give you a presentation, we wanna give something more of connection amongst us all. So do that this week. Um, as I said at the beginning, we're gonna close with a time of communion, and so hopefully you've got something to uh, eat and drink in, in, in a way so we can do this. Um, Jesus taught us to do communion. He taught us to take the bread, and he taught us to take the wine. The Gospels tell us, as does uh, the, the writers and the apostles, they tell us that Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread and took the wine. And he broke the bread and he said, when you take this bread, do so in remembrance of me. And when you take the wine and you drink the wine, do so in remembrance of me. So really communion is an act of remembering. Uh, it's an act of remembering what Christ has done for us. The broken bread represents the broken body of Christ. That in Christ's breaking, in the death of his body, he brought life for all mankind. In, in Romans, Paul tells us that sin entered the world through one man. Well, so did salvation entered the world through one man, Christ Jesus. And he said, when you take the wine, do so in remembrance of me. Remember my blood spilt. Jesus' blood is the blood of the new covenant. Jesus' blood represented the end of the sacrificial system. He said in John, a day will come where the temple is destroyed. He said, I will destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. The temple represented the place of sacrifice for the Jewish person. He was saying, I'm destroying, I'm ending the manner in which God has related, sorry, man has related to God through sacrifice, through appeasing, through the need to prove something. It's over. God loves us as we are and not as we should be because we'll never be as we should be. So when we take the bread, we receive the wholeness of Christ within us. And when we take the wine, 
we receive the new day, the new covenant, the new beginning, the new Eden, the new dawn for all mankind. But when we take communion, it's a sober and reflective act, and it's an opportunity for us to receive forgiveness. It's an opportunity for us to repent, repentance, metanoia, the act of turning around, changing direction, going home to the Father. And it's also an opportunity for us to pray. Um, I was recently in the hospital where my wife was getting surgery, and it was on the same day my father was getting surgery, and I just felt confused and in pain, and I decided to go down to the little chapel in the hospital, in the RUH, and I sat there and I received communion. The priest gave me communion with one other person, and it was this beautiful moment where I realized in times of tribulation, times that are so testing, to remember that one has gone before us in affliction and in pain and in suffering is so important because it reminds us that we're not alone. Jesus is called Emmanuel, Christ within us. So why don't you do it right now? Why don't you take the bread and you can break it? And as you do so, you remember that Christ is, Christ's body was broken for you. You could take the wine and drink it and share it with one another and remember that Christ's blood was spilt for you, the new covenant. And as you do so, receive his forgiveness, receive the cleansing of your sins, receive the mercy and the grace of God. And would you also pray? We're gonna to pray together now and you can break the bread and drink the wine or whatever you have uh, in your own time. But Father, we thank you for this act of remembrance. We thank you that as we take this simple act of communion with bread and wine, we come to the table of your sacrifice and we come to the table of your presence and we remember that you have gone before us, you have suffered. For the joy set before you, you went to the cross and you have given us a spirit that can follow you in the way that you go. We don't have, do not have a spirit of fear, Lord, but you've given the spirit of your, your, your own spirit within us and we are now empowered to walk in the footsteps of Christ. So may we be those in times of tribulation and suffering and testing, may we be those who walk towards the joy set before us. And God, as we take communion now, we remember those amongst us who aren't well, both in our church family and across the nation and the world, God. And we ask you for their healing. We announce and proclaim healing over them. The word says that by your stripes we are healed. So as we take bread and wine, we remember that it's by your death that we are resurrected and through your wounds that we are healed. We declare that and announce that over all people suffering right now. For those in our family, in our body, we declare healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, your broken body, mysteriously makes us whole and brings us strength. And so we declare strength, especially God, over those working tirelessly on the front lines of this virus in Jesus' name. The staff at the RUH, across the hospitals in this nation, Lord, we declare strength and rest over them in Jesus' name. May this be a time where we are formed more and more into the image of Christ. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So why don't you uh, share communion with one another and we'll be back here next week with more connection throughout this week to come. But we bless you and we love you. Uh, keep strong, keep healthy and uh, we'll see you soon.